everybody. Welcome to another special episode of Puck Off. I'm your host, Chris Nozick. Unfortunately, Andrew Johnson is in Vegas, but instead I am joined by the one and only Johnny Lazarus of the Blue Crew and probably seen in many other places. Johnny, thank you so much for jumping on for a little while to talk some puck. How are you? I'm good, Chris. Uh, definitely better than you that you didn't catch the invite to Vegas. Why did you get leave off that trip? Uh, it's his first vacation in like years, so I had uh-huh. to let him do it. I just had to let him go. Fair so, enough. Fair enough. But um, just real quick, uh, if you want to tell some of our listeners who aren't quite familiar with kind of your history, your story, if you don't mind sharing just a little bit about yourself first, and then lots to jump into in the hockey world lately. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so you know my background a little bit. I played uh, you know hockey pretty competitively growing up. Um, played my freshman and sophomore year at UMass Amherst, then transferred to Mercyhurst University where I played my junior and senior year. And, uh, this is my second year now kind of working in the league. Um, you know, I do multiple things around the NHL, whether that's hosting shows for the NHL YouTube channel. I also do gambling stuff for VEASAN.com. I cover the New York Rangers for the hockey news and I do content for Bleach Report. So I kind of got my toes dipped in a lot of different things, uh, as far as hockey goes, but, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of just try to do as much as I can in every different facet of media. So, um, you know, I've been I've been lucky to get some good opportunities, and um, yeah, it's been it's been a dream come true. So, uh, still kind of new to the space, but uh, you know, it's it's cool that uh, some people are familiar with my work. So, it's cool to to hear that. Absolutely, I appreciate you jumping on for a few minutes. As I said, so uh, obviously, as we mentioned, you do a lot. You you focus a lot on the Rangers because of the Blue Crew podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you looking at their start this year? Um, one thing that Andrew and I both talked about a couple shows ago was that switch for whatever reason that Jonathan Quick seems to have found from preseason to, oh, now the games matter. Have you seen anything different from him, or is it just he's trying now? Well, I, mean, I wouldn't say he wasn't trying, uh, you know, but um, I, I think it's just an overall buy-in, right? Like preseason, obviously, it's it's very tough to, you know, go 110% every shift. I mean, there obviously are guys that are trying to make the team that, you know, put in all effort in. But, um, you know, for the most part, I think a, a lot of guys, for whatever reason, even, you know, Lafreniere had a weak preseason. Kako had a strong preseason. That switches. Uh, you know, I think the preseason is – for lack of a better term, just somewhat of a tune-up, right? Like you're not really giving your all. You're just trying to feel the puck, get your feet wet, and, uh, you know, get used to playing at game speed again. So, um, you know, did it look promising for Jonathan Quick in preseason? Definitely not. Uh, did I think that he would be that way the whole year? Also definitely not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, kudos to him. He has been able to flip a switch. And, uh, you know, I don't think the goals against Minnesota were really his fault. Um, you know, there was one that I thought he could have maybe had, but the other three were, you know, defensive lapses in front of him. Um, so credit to him again, he's a veteran goalie. He's won three Stanley cups, although, you know, two, he really won playing and last year, obviously he was a part of Vegas, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's been a, a huge addition so far, not only on the ice, but in the room and everyone seems to be liking him a lot. And he's been a, you know, a, a great piece to this puzzle that hopefully can go far in the playoffs this year. Now, obviously coming into this year, everybody mm-hmm. knew, Igor's the guy he's going to have to carry him a lot what do you envision that split between the two of them looking like because we've seen Igor go for you know 50 plus games and get to the playoffs and kind of seem to fizzle out a little bit what do you think that sweet spot is that you need to get out of quick so it's interesting now because Igor is day-to-day I think quick will start tomorrow night as we're recording this 
Um, if you were to ask me prior to the year, I think I said like 53 to 57 range for Igor, um, which seems to be pretty normal now for number ones, you know, unless you are the Boston Bruins where they have, you know, two guys that are more than capable of, you know, starting any night. And I, actually, I don't know if you saw, but I tweeted before. I was uh, going to bring I'm, that up. Yeah. Yeah. You were. Yeah. If I'm the Oilers, I'm trying to pitch for Linus Omar because Swayman is a stud and he's, you know, clearly a, a pretty young guy that is an American kid also that somewhat embraced the city of Boston. Not saying Omar hasn't, but. I feel like Swayman's just more of that homegrown Boston kind of goalie. Um, so if I'm the Oilers, like, I'm desperate for a goalie, and, and I'm looking at a guy like Olmark. But, yeah, back to your original question, I think, quick, if he can play 22 or 25 games this year and win maybe 12, 13 of them, you know, that's a that's a win in my book. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the the Bruins goaltending because I, I look at them and I go, they're, right now I'm not trading either one of them if I'm Boston. I, yeah. I'm holding firm on no uh unless you're talking one of the elite players in the league right now coming back a you know you're you're mentioning Edmonton you know a dry sidle or someone like that just because that that tandem is is my rock and, mm-hmm. and everything is built from there out you know Jonathan Quick in 3 games has numbers that these guys have across 12 <laughs> you know that that tells you just how good they play off of each other and you know i i mean I personally, I look at the goaltending market and I go, there are plenty of teams that have three guys and obviously news broke today about Frederick Anderson in, in yeah. Carolina. Hopefully everything's okay with him, with the, with the health issue. Um, but now they're bringing in Yarrow Halak, like three years ago, they, not even three years ago, a year and a half ago, they offer P, uh, Piotr Kochekov a four-year extension and he's played like a dozen NHL games. And now all of a sudden he seems to be falling off the radar. I mean, what are your thoughts on a situation like that over? I mean, obviously, you know, the Canes very well being in the Metro. Mm-hmm. What seems to be going on there? I actually, you know, I think I said it on a show like a week ago that they're my biggest surprise so far this season, because, you know, this is the Canes are a team that's won the division now three years in a row. Uh, the Metro being that division. And, you know, they've always been at least dating back to like 2021 top five defensive team in the NHL. And their start this year was very ugly defensively. They were like a bottom five team defensively uh, early on through the first like 10 games. They cleaned it up a little bit the last, you know, four or five. Um, but for whatever reason, that team, their goalies never stay healthy. Right. And, and this is obviously a different situation where Freddie Anderson has a blood clot and it's a little bit you know, more out of his control. Um, and I would never like say that's, you know, them not being able to stay healthy. That's just unfortunate timing. Yeah. Um, but you know, the past couple seasons, like if they, they've had to have three goalies, they've had to lean on a guy like anti Ranta. They've had to, um, you know, bring up a guy like Kochekov. Like it's just unfortunate for them. And, uh, you know, it sucks. And I hope Freddie Anderson does have a speedy recovery, but, um, you know, I, I do think Carolina, the, like typically the goaltending for them hasn't really been the issue. It's been the goal scoring. Um, you know, last year I thought the goalies were, were pretty solid against Florida in that conference final, but the team couldn't score goals in front of them. I, I'm pretty sure. Carolina in the four games scored maybe four or five goals combined. Um, maybe, maybe six or seven. I might be missing one or two there, but um, you know, I know they scored one in game one, maybe like two in game two and shut out in game three. And then I think like three or four in game four. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Carolina is just uh, off to an interesting start this year, but I think they'll pick it up. They've, they've always seemed to be, um, you know, very well coached obviously by Rod Brendan Moore. And um, you know, they play a pretty strong 200 foot game. They just, for whatever reason this year, haven't been able to, uh, keep pucks out of their own net yeah and and you know you mentioned injuries 
at the at the top of the division along with you guys. You got the Devils. Jack Hughes is hurt now. You guys just lost Adam Fox. A couple big names that'll really affect your division. Um, I, I mean, it, it's incredible to see what some of these guys are capable of doing. But the the question because becomes what's the drop off now that some of these guys aren't in the lineup anymore for these top teams. And, and I and I. I feel like the Hughes injury, he'll be back probably a bit sooner than Fox from what I'm understanding of the two injuries. So how do you see that affecting this race? It, it, I mean, really everybody was looking at it, a three, three headed race. Do you, do you think this is a chance for the Canes to come back and kind of make their, their claim for number one in the division again, or do you see one of these younger teams kind of try and hold serve on it? I mean, 100% a great point. Like Carolina, if anything, you know, has the opportunity to take first place and, and hopefully, you know, for them gain some uh, some good ground. You know, I, I think of a team like Pittsburgh also got off to a bad start. That can maybe use this to their advantage too. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I'll, you know, I'll be fully honest. I was like 15 minutes late because I got so caught up in writing an article about why Adam Fox is the most important player for the Rangers. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, a huge argument to have. Um, you know, people will say Shosturkin. People will say Panarin. But to me, I think, you know, every team's different, right? Like, it's so hard to find a true number one defenseman in the NHL. And I think the Rangers have one in Foxy, obviously, that also has a ton of offensive upside. Um, you know, other guys that I, I would feel that are the most important players on their team, whether they're defensemen uh, or not, like guys that come to mind, I, I would say McCarr is more important than even McKinnon um, in Colorado. Like, I think there are so few defensemen like these guys, like Quinn Hughes, um, you know, Amiro Haskinen, like, uh, you know, those are just the, the few that come to mind off the top of my head. Even even on Dalene, obviously, Tage Thompson, I would say maybe has a bigger role there. But, um, you know, I, I think when you have a guy like Fox out and you have a guy like Jack Hughes out who has carried his team offensively and who is leading the league in points tied with Pedersen, it's it's very hard to make up for that hole, right? Like that hole being full, um, whatever, filling that hole. Um, and, you know, obviously, you, you don't want anyone to get hurt. I don't think any team roots for players to get hurt, but. I'm sure there are guys in the locker room saying like, we have to take advantage of this while those guys are out. Um, so, you know, to your point, like a team like Carolina, I would think has to try to do what they can to go on a little run here just to create some room for themselves. Yeah. And and I thought you were going to start naming like Keandre Miller is another guy that in, yeah. in that Rangers lineup that uh, he was one. I knew I was going after my fantasy league as a sleeper. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's been incredible. He's had a really strong start to the year, but he just he doesn't get the the power play time or, or you know, I don't think he'll fill that role uh, for Foxy. No, but hits count for us. So that helps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but we were talking about trouble, trouble scoring and, and cannot help but think of the San Jose Sharks. Oh. Uh, when it comes, yeah, the reaction right there says it all. Um, have you ever seen a team this? I, I don't want to say bad because. They're bad by design, but are they this bad by design? <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on there. Um, like, quite frankly, it's something I've never seen before. And that's why, you know, I've been tweeting it out the last couple of days. Like, I am taking any opponent minus one and a half against the Sharks, like, till I see them at least have something positive. Um, they, they just can't seem to figure anything out. And... Uh, it sucks. I mean, like, you don't want to see any team kind of be that bad, right? It's just not good for the league. It's not good for anyone. And San Jose, I think, like, for the most part, you know, maybe not, like, uh, the last three years, but the last decade or so, you know, the Marlowe, Thornton, Burns, that era, like, they were competitive, like, the entire decade. And, 
you know, that, that building, the shark tank was a place that was really fun to watch hockey games and, you know, a really good fan base and a really good sports town. And it sucks to see them like not really getting the support um, that they should have. And, um, you know, obviously I think back to your question, like, yeah, this team is as bad as it gets and uh, they are going to be that bad. I think for the majority of the year, I, I would be, I wouldn't even say it's a hot take. I'd be surprised if they win more than 15 games this year. 15. Wow. Yeah. I know. I think someone else I knew was throwing out like 25, 30 and Oh no, 15. I think they are. Yeah. 15 seems a little bit more reasonable, maybe even 10, but I mean, at this point I almost want to just go, here's Macklin Scalabrini now. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just let's forget the lottery part. Let's, let's forget all that part because it may not go their way. And I mean, I really don't want to see Macklin go to Edmonton. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> but they're in the running for him because you mentioned their goaltending. And I mean, their defense also seems to be uh, questionable at best. Over they're also there. not really scoring like they were last year. Their power play hasn't been as strong and their offense isn't really scoring goals. I mean, do you look at a coaching change over there in Edmonton soon? Like, is, is that something that, that you look at? Because I know they just recently brought in their coach, what, a year and a half ago? If that, um, I'm blanking on who was there before Woodcroft. Um, was it McClellan? Was it no? I don't remember. Woodcroft was there for about a year, year and a half. I think a little more. I I feel like it's been like three. Um, I think, but I I don't you know I don't have it in front of me. I I would have to check. Um, but listen, I think you know the last two years it's it's a narrative of the Oilers that they've lost the eventual Stanley Cup champion and. You know, they got to a conference final two years ago. They got to the second round last year and played a strong series against the Golden Knights. But, you know, I'd have to think, like, the Rangers fired, fired Gerard Gallant, and he had two pretty successful years. Like, last year is obviously disappointing, but that's what New York is right now. It's it's championship or bust. Like, they're not taking any shit. So I would think that Edmonton, at some point, if things don't turn around soon, that's the one change you can make. Like, you can't fire 22 players. You know, you, you can only fire a coach. It's the easiest change you can make. The question is, you know, which coach that's out there right now is the right fit. I don't know if there are any like sexy guys to hire right now. You know, like there's not much out there as far as the typical carousel goes. They'd have to probably find someone a little bit, um, you know, outside the box, which is what most hockey fans would want. But then again, like, how do you know that that person would be the right voice if they don't have the experience? Like, I can't really think of anyone who's like such a hot ticket to bring in right now. Yeah, that's the big question is, if not him, then who? And yeah, I mean, that that seems a lot easier to answer between the pipes than it does on the bench. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if yeah, not, yeah. not Skinner, if not Campbell, then then who? Well, here's a list of 15 guys that you could at least try. I mean, mm-hmm. I was surprised when the Lightning didn't even take a waiver of any of the guys trying to get through during the preseason after Vasilevsky went down. Yeah. I mean, but- Johansson looks pretty good, but I mean, he's the only one. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it is funny, though, like, you know, I was actually just talking about it with my roommate on the couch that, you know, Tampa, once Vasilevsky comes back, like, they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had them pushing for a late kind of later spot in the in the division there. I mm. I, I said from day one that Boston was going to take this division. So really? I, yeah, I just I didn't, didn't look at this team and say they lost more than the gap. Mm hmm. Because if you look at where they were last year, yes, Krejci and Bergeron were important pieces, but that's pretty much all they lost. And so my question to you would be, how much are those two worth? What, 15, 20 standing points? 
no one else in the division got astronomically better. Yeah. The teams that got better were the bottom teams that are going to challenge the lower level of the, the lower level of the top tier. So mm-hmm. the Toronto's and the Tampa's without Vasilevsky, Florida without um, their defensemen to start the season. I'm trying to remember the two that are hurt at the moment. Ekblad and Montour. Thank you. Those two. Yeah. You know, those, those they were bound to get off to a lower start. And Buffalo, I thought, was going to start off a lot faster than they did. But they, they couldn't find the back of the net for the life of them. And their goaltending just wasn't the rock that I think everybody thought Devin Levi would come in and be from what we saw last year. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, right now the team I'm looking towards is, is Anaheim. I'm wondering if they actually might make a push this year. Have you watched a lot of the ducks at all? I've seen a decent amount of their games. I haven't watched a ton. I think I watched, uh, what was their game the other night? They beat Vegas right at home. They had that two yeah, great comeback. Um, that was a very impressive win, obviously. Uh, but I, still, I don't know if it's so sustainable. Um, they're fun to know, watch. They're fun. Uh, we'll give them that. Mm-hmm. But, but also I mean, the West is pretty wide open. Like I, like, there's uh you know i think i looked at it the other day there's like seven or eight teams below 500 right now in the western conference and in the eastern conference there's only like three yeah that, that definitely um that definitely plays a part in it so mm-hmm. i i just i look at the, i look at the ducks though i do think that overtime when they had against boston kind of got them to buy in and they seem like a young team at least to me that if they start to buy into the coaching that they're getting then they're going to be able to have some of these come from behind wins and you know, they have, you know, Mason McTavish, who just seems to be money when the when when it's, you know, crunch time. Trevor Zegris as well. Like, they have guys who can find the back of the net. You put the, their top six guys on the ice, you know, at the same time, they're really tough to stop. If you take one of them off and you put Dostal in net, he's looking very solid, too. I mean, right now, he's got numbers that we might be considering him. Is he eligible for the Calder this year? Yeah, rookie, he was rookie of the month. So, yeah, that's what I thought. So he mm-hmm. could be looking at consideration for that, especially if they're if they're in the playoff hunt. So, I mean, they're fun to watch right now. I, I, I agree with you. I'm not 100 percent sure it's sustainable, but um, I mean, like you said, the West is wide open. So why yeah. the hell not them? So, yeah, then the Coyotes, the Canucks have been rolling like it's been different teams this year for the Western Conference so far. Who was your pick coming out of the Western Conference coming into the year? I mean, I I picked the Oilers with the cup. I really thought it was. Just, I mean, it's it's you know, it's a. I'm not proud of it because it's a basic you know pick, but they know, were just, everybody's favorite. That's the thing. Well, you have to think at some point that McDavid and Drysital and and that whole crew is going to get it done, right? Like it's the best player we've probably ever seen. How is he not going to win? So, um, you kind of felt the mood was different around that team. I feel like in the preseason where they're ready to make that jump. And I thought they played Vegas really well last year. I thought last year was their year, to be honest. Um, and I'll probably say it's their year every year until they win it, because with a guy like McDavid and, and obviously dry settle as well, it's just like, how can that team not get it done? You know? Yeah. Um, we'll take a quick break, uh, hear from our sponsors real quick, and then we'll be right back. Uh, a couple more questions for Johnny here, and then uh, we'll let him get back to his writing about Adam Fox. Yes, thank you. (laughs) It may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on now. 
You haven't heard us talk about Raycon just yet, but time we talk about them now. Uh, Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with a 100-watt power delivery. Their faucet filter ultra-filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price that other premium tech brands. It's no wonder their products have rock, racked up tens and thousands, tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit just a bit early, Raycon is offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowd and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this November. Pats are playing again on Sunday. I'm not sure I'm going to take them in that game, but I wouldn't. (laughs) Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, LA, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources and welcome back to puck off i'm chris nozick your host joined again by johnny lazarus uh johnny um one of the other things i wanted to ask you about alex ovechkin he is not finding the back of the net are you worried about his goal production this year because i'm starting to get a little concerned myself um i feel like it's you can't honestly say you're worried about Ovechkin scoring goals, right? That's just like never, it's never a case. Um, I think at some point he'll start to heat up. I am concerned about the Capitals as a team. Uh, I don't think they're going to have much success, you know, as a group this year, but I'm never, you know, I Ovechkin will find ways to score. He'll, he'll put up a minimum 30 goals this year. I don't see him struggling through the entire season, but uh, I definitely have worries about that team winning games. That's for sure. It, it, 
one of the things that I've noticed when I've watched some of the the Capitals, I've seen uh, Carberry, is it Spencer Carberry, their coach? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've seen him make this decision a couple times where he's unsure about challenging a play. So he calls a timeout and then after the timeout is over, then challenges it. And every time I've seen him do that, he's lost the challenge. Do you have any insight into what a coach would be thinking to make that decision to burn the timeout, then challenge. And then, I mean, I, I get, it. if you're going to challenge, you're going to challenge. It's either a win or a lose. But to burn the timeout first, and both times there's a place later on in the game where you sit there and go, now would be the time to use your timeout. My only thought would be, like, if you're trying to get fresh penalty killers in case you lose the challenge. That's my only thought. I mean, I don't know. Like, I I don't know really what to make of that situation, to be honest. Um, it's not one I'm super familiar with. I haven't even – I didn't even know that was a thing, to be, to be totally honest. Uh, I didn't know that he had done that multiple times, but he's done it at least two or three times that I, I vividly remember. Look, because I remember looking at the replays myself, going, "You're going to lose this challenge. You you shouldn't challenge this." Sure yeah. enough, after the timeout, he challenges it. They lose, and I'm like, "What are we doing?" It's also, I think there's a you know a hierarchy there too, because there's like video coaches and and guys that are calling down to the bench to challenge and to review. So I don't know, you know, he obviously makes the final decision, but. I, I don't think it's typically the head coach that makes the initial movement to challenge a play. It usually comes from someone that has a better angle or better view, and the coach ultimately makes the final decision. Could that be a sign? Because obviously Washington's not, like you said, you're worried about the team. Could that be a sign of some of the things that are causing those issues in Washington that, you know, I, I mean, we'll get to the Maple Leafs in a minute, but it, it just seems like there's no – like the issues that Ottawa had in the front office where things were siloed as they quote unquote use the term. Uh, are we running into that possibly in hockey operations in Washington? Do things need to get neatened up there? I mean, clearly, right. There's an issue going on. There's a lack of communication, whatever it might be, but the Capitals for whatever reason, well, I know the reason actually they're just holding everything together right now to get Ovechkin that record. Right. That seems to be the motivation right now that they, sh- they should have really kind of, sold everything last year at the deadline when they weren't going to make the playoffs. But, you know, this is a team that hasn't won a playoff round since the year they won the cup, you know, years before that, they couldn't get out of the second round. You know, they've been a successful team for, you know, 15 years now, but they haven't really had so much to show for it, you know, aside from that one cup run. Um, But I think it's all, it's also tough to, you know, sell everything and keep Ovechkin. I'm sure they want to keep him happy for the remainder of his career. Uh, So yeah, it's, it's, it's a sticky situation in Washington, and um, you know I'm I'm not quite sure what they're going to do going forward. It's a tough tough call to make. I'll have to see if I can remember where they. I'll send them over to you at some point. Yeah, I, I want to see that. I want to see that <laughs> because I I sit there and I'm like, I missed it. If I, see this, if I see this, how are they not seeing this? Yeah. So, uh, but no, I mentioned the Ottawa Senators. They they can't find a see a way to stay out of the news these days. What what's been your thought on first off Shane Pinto and because I, I know you mentioned you do some stuff when it comes to gambling and and kind of giving your thoughts on that. They wear the advertisements. Gretzky's pitching it and slinging it, and and he gets hit with forty one games, and now we have a first round draft pick getting taken from him for uh, for the trade there. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everything that could have went wrong for Ottawa has. And, uh, you know, the Pinto situation, 
Shane's actually a friend of mine, so that one's a little trickier because, you know, I, I know he obviously didn't know he was doing anything wrong. Um, you know, he's he's a good kid and made a mistake. Um, but, you know, I don't think it was such a costly mistake. I don't think he deserves 41 games, but it's obviously a, a much deeper issue that, you know, I personally won't dive too deep into, but I know Shane Pinto is a strong-headed kid. He'll come back from this, and I know he will have a successful year and career. And uh, this is just a small bump in the road for him. But, um, you know, I know he's working hard out on Long Island right now, trying to stay in shape and, you know, hopefully get to Ottawa or, you know, if another team signs him relatively soon and he'll be ready to go once he's allowed to play again. But, um, yeah, as far as the other situations go, Ottawa's just had a total mess as far as management. And, uh, you know, I'd say even like DJ Smith right now could be in the hot seat with how they're playing as of late. And there's just a lot of outside noise and a lot of distractions. And, you know, it sucks to see because, you know, Ottawa, especially for me, they were a team that I was so high on coming to the season. I think Brady Kachuk, you can make the argument that he's the best captain in the NHL right now. And I know, obviously, we both have ties to Marshan and Truba and whatnot. And um, there are a lot of other strong leaders in the league. But as far as being young, energetic, competitive, tough, skilled, everything you want on a hockey player, when you have a captain like that, like Brady Kachuk, it's just I think it's a recipe for success. And I'm surprised that they've been struggling a bit here. But obviously, like we've been talking about, there are so many different factors that have been going into it. Um, I do think Ottawa will figure it out. Their goaltending still somewhat of an issue. Um, you know, I think Corpusalo and uh, Forsberg could be playing a little bit better, a little bit more up to par. And, you know, they're a team I'm not giving up on yet, though. They got a ton of skill on that roster, and their defense is so strong. Power plays look good. Offense has been there. Um, they just got to clean it up a little bit and forget about the outside noise. Yeah, and and for the record, I, I know Andrew and I talked about it when it first happened, but, I you know, when the when everything came out about Shane and and I know you said you're close to him you know it, nothing seemed to really add up as far as you know the way the news broke and and all that uh, kudos to Ottawa for keeping it under wraps while everything was going on but no I everything from what I was reading and what Andrew and I were talking about you know we both feel the same way you know hopefully this is not anything you know he's got a long career ahead of him neither one of us looked at it as he maliciously was doing anything. And it just no. seems like, you know, he got caught up with, with a mistake, you know, the Should not to find him as a person by any means. And that's, and that's the big takeaway from it that, you know, he'll serve his punishment. He'll take it and move on from it. And, you know, I, I want to see him come back and do well. And, you know, we're rooting for him over here. So, you know, if, if you get a chance, pass that along to him. Yeah, for sure keep the chin up you know but it it certainly sucks to see such a a harsh punishment for a mistake but you know hopefully this is the only one we see you know hopefully mm -hmm. unfortunately he takes the hit but if if, if we never run into it again then I, I suppose it was worth it and you know but best of luck to him and you know it, it it's i'm looking forward to hopefully he joins ottawa later this year and like you said this is a team that i was high on their goaltending coming into the season you know forsberg i'm not surprised he started a little slower just because of the injuries he's coming back from but corpusalo looked phenomenal in la last year yeah, yeah he looked and, great. i mean he looked like crap in in columbus but i mean yeah, not a pass there. Yeah. It. yeah so give him a although Spencer Martin looks pretty damn good this year for them. <laughs> so we'll we'll have to see how that goes, but I mean it's going to be a lot of fun. I think they're going to make it tough. 
they they could squeak in as a wild card. Do you see four teams coming out of the Metro, five teams coming out of the Metro? I had four and four uh, before the season started. I actually have it in my notes. Uh, I can read it to you right now. I had my playoff teams being the Hurricanes, Devils, Rangers, Penguins, Maple Leafs, Sabres, Senators, Bruins. In no order. In no particular order? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly going to be interesting. Penguins have a lot to figure out. Do you, do you think it's just them having a hard time working Carlson in and just not enough pucks to go around for guys like Chris Tang and, and for Carlson? It's just been a consistency thing for them. Um, you know, it's something similar to their issues last year. But, you know, I, I still think they have the personnel there in, in order to find success. And Mike Sullivan is one of the best coaches in the NHL. Jari, you know, obviously I think – hasn't shown himself to be an elite goalie in the NHL. I think he could be, uh, but just needs to, again, find that consistency. That's been Pittsburgh's biggest problem. But I think Sid looks good. Malkin looks good. Um, you know, Carlson can have a little bit more of an impact, I, st- I think, still. But, yeah, I, I think Pittsburgh will get rolling at some point here. They had a huge win against San Jose the other night. Obviously, it's the Sharks, but, you know, that's something to, to steer them in a positive direction, most likely. I mean, if that's the the rudder that gets you going in the right direction, then, hey, you know, somebody's yeah. got to be the, that team for you. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I unfortunately, I had the Rangers falling to fourth in the Metro, but that was also watching Jonathan Quick with the preseason that he had. And mm-hmm. that, that gave me a lot of concern just because if you can't give Igor those nights off that he needs, I mean, now that he's, you said earlier, he's day to day. If you think Quick is going to get the game tomorrow, you guys are playing Detroit tomorrow, right? Yep. Oh, watch out for them because if you get the wrong set of officials, then you'll get some penalties at the end of the game that don't exist. <laughs> so, we, we had that happen in Boston. So, um, but no, I, I just, the, I, I'm very interested to see your angle in this article about Adam Fox, because I, I think me, like everybody, we would pick Igor right off the bat. bat. Mm-hmm. Uh Jonathan Quick is also up there, though, because if you can't give Igor the rest, then it doesn't matter what the guys in front of him do. If he's overplayed, you'll get to the playoffs and he'll putter out. Yeah. But also, I think, you know, the angle I am somewhat taking as well is that they haven't had to rely on Chesterkin as much as they had have, have had to in the past just because of Laviolette and the way he's coached this team. Um, you know, the past couple of years, it's been the Rangers being outshot, outchanced, and just finding ways to win because Igor kind of holds them in the game. Whereas this year, you know, Igor's found his game a little bit in the last three or four starts, but early on, like the team in front of him was playing better than he was in net. So, um, and, and we've seen, you know, the past couple of years, Stanley Cup champions, it's guys in front of you, they kind of limit the chances against. You don't need the best goalie in the world to win the cup, right? Like you just need someone that can make the big saves. Um, so, you know, I think that's kind of the angle I'm going at. And plus, like what he does for the power play and just, you know, I think he's the most noticeable player on the ice whenever he's out there for the Rangers. So uh, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, that's kind of the angle I'm going at. When is the article due out? I want to keep it. Uh, there, there's no due date. Um, I'm trying to have it out. Tomorrow's a game day, so I probably won't post it tomorrow. I would say Wednesday. You can expect it to be out. Perfect. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it. And, and again, I, I can't thank you enough for jumping on. Obviously your pick for the cup Edmonton is kind of fallen out of favor with you. If you had to re recalibrate and pick a new cup team, who are you riding with the rest of the way? Come on, Boston. No, no I, I don't want to give like the, I mean, there's obviously teams that look hot right now in the Boston, the Vegas is, but a team that I talked about, actually this relates to Boston right now. Cause we're watching the game here, but 
Uh, I said Dallas at plus 1,400 would be a, a good sleeper. They made the conference final last year. Ottinger is one of the best goalies in the NHL. Um, you know, they have the best PK right now in the NHL. I think they're like fourth uh, most high danger chances per game, seventh in like chances against per game. You know, they play a really strong overall game right now. What's lacking is their power play. But last year, their power play was like the third best in the league and the Bruins just scored. So shit. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I do have to ask for, for, for an outsider's perspective on this. For the last 20 years, you look at Boston's lineup and you see Bergeron, Krejci, C3, C4, and you just see nothing but solid depth down the middle. Mm-hmm. You finally get a year where you know Krejci's not going to be in the lineup, Bergeron's not going to be the lineup. You finally have a year off, and this kid, Poitra, comes up out of nowhere. How does that aggravate you? <laughs> it's just it's just the brand of hockey that Boston plays. Um, you know, it's funny. I was, like, thinking in my head, like, this team being good, does it make, like, no sense, or does it make, like, too much sense, right? Because the Bruins have had, like you said, the last 20 years, it's a certain standard, a certain foundation, and a way that these guys play when they step in. And him making the team, he had to play a certain way. And, um, you know, I think that's what makes NHL teams, the best teams at least, successful is that when players step in, it's not, you know, it's not them being their own individual player. You're coming into a certain system. You're coming into a certain culture, right? And the Bruins have had a winning culture now for 20 years, like you mentioned. And, um, you know, if Patra wasn't going to fit that culture, he wasn't going to make the team. So, um, you know, I think there, there are certain franchises where you're not surprised. Like, you know, I think everyone is a little bit surprised by the Bruins start this year, same way last year, but it's just the culture and the standard of that organization that's been successful for so many years so it shouldn't really be a surprise but on paper it definitely is uh and then last but not least uh i, I promise last question okay. uh, just thoughts on Connor bedard his start i mean you can't not talk about him but at yeah. the same time the last thing i want to do is turn into espn mentioning him every five seconds but can't help but at least ask your thoughts on his first dozen or so games and I mean, kid looks electric in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been as advertised, right? Like, you've seen a lot of glimpses of his shot. You've seen him, his personality is already starting to expand a little bit. And as he's getting used to the attention, used to the media, he seems to be a little bit more comfortable in his own skin. Um, And it's tough. Like, you know, I don't think anyone can really judge him because I don't know if anyone's ever been an 18-year-old kid in in his position, right? Like, no one knows what he's really going through. Like, even Sid, like... You know, Sid had all the attention when he was younger, but it wasn't in the media world that we live in today. So it's still, you know, he, he probably had moments where he could turn it off, right? Um, I don't think Bedard has had those moments where he can kind of just shut down and have an hour to himself to just do nothing and, and not think about hockey. So, um, you know, I, I feel for the kid. Uh, I'm sure he – actually, he does not feel all the pressure in the world. I think he just truly just loves hockey and is going out there and having fun and – um, hopefully he can maintain that positive energy throughout his career, even if his team isn't winning games all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's a great ambassador for the game of hockey. Um, and hopefully he just continues to grow, expand and, you know, get some more personality and get more comfortable in his own skin and, uh, continue to like make the game a better place because, you know, I think the first two games he played this year, what it was like a record setting cable viewership. Uh, and that's a win for hockey. So as long as he's good. I'm all for it. Was that something you were able to talk to Sid about when you were skating with him? Come on. Let's uh, about, awesome. about media stuff. <laughs> about the media and, and just how that can kind of get it creep into the day to day for, for a player of his caliber. No, I just asked him if he wore a speedo when he was in Europe. I didn't get to that. I didn't get that deep with him. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, again, congrats for all the, the hard work that you're putting in. Um, like I said, producing a lot of great content and honored to have you join on uh, for a little bit here. And again, looking forward to, to the article as it comes out, hopefully in the next day or two. And uh, any final thoughts to, to wrap up the episode here or anything that, that our viewers should be aware of? Anything you want to plug? Trade all, Mark. Uh, no. <laughs> no, if you want to do that then you can buck off uh there you go right on brand um no i got nothing thank you chris for having me i appreciate it and, and thank you again for the, the flexibility um it, it was fun and uh you know hopefully we can do it again sometime